I want to thank everybody for being here this morning. Uh, I know that we're still a little short on people. We still got a number of people that's out sick. And uh, it just seems like this flu stuff is just kind of took its toll this time on its way around. So anyway, let's just keep our church in prayer and the people that uh, God will just touch them. And uh, I put together a message here that I... I feel like it's a good time for this message. And uh, anyway, it's a healing message. There's so much healing that needs to take place. A lot of healing needs to take place. Uh, I know yesterday I had the opportunity to go back to the hospital to see a young man. And uh, he had to go back in. We've been praying for him. And, uh, but... Something happened. Uh, his name is Juan Zorita. We've been praying for him. He was the one that was in the bad car wreck out here on 730. And somehow he got, he was doing good, but he got an infection back in that leg that, well, he nearly lost it. And, uh, but I got to talk to him. And I went and talked to him. And when I walked in, he just looked up, up, up at me. He said, thank you for coming. Thank you for being here. And we sat down, and I talked with him. We had prayer. And I, I told him something that, uh, and I, I meant it from my heart. I said, whether you realize it or not, God has a plan for your life. He's the young man that was out here that was, when the care flight picked him up, he was dying. And I, I told him, I said, this is how we know that God's got a plan for your life. I said, that helicopter told us, or told you and others, that they didn't ordinarily carry blood on it. That day, it had blood. And it was the blood that could be compatible to anybody. He was dying. He, he was just about scalped. I don't know if the windshield, I don't know what it was. It broke a leg. It crushed in, uh, a kneecap, and it did a lot, a lot of different things to him. But when they started giving him that transfusion, he started coming back. It was God's hand that reached down and pulled him back. So many times God's hand has just reached down and just got a hold of people and pulled them back. You know, I guess in my experiences of going to the hospital, I spend a lot of time in the hospitals. And it's getting to where I'm able to go back a little more now than what it was. They've eased up a lot on letting the pastors go in and see people. Uh, I just got out of the... I went to see a friend of mine that was having heart surgery. They was having to place something in his heart that he was real susceptible to getting blood clots in the medicine and things he was taking. They put some type of a basket in there that if he kicked the blood clot, that basket would catch the blood clots. And before he went into hospital, I mean into surgery, I prayed with him. I anointed him with oil. And uh, we prayed. And what I prayed for, I prayed, Lord, just let your hands be upon this young man. Let it be upon the doctors as they do this surgery. Just guide their hands. Lord, just make this an easy surgery, Lord, that there will be no problems and no complications, and that he will 
he will be okay. Well, I got to talk to him after surgery. Those doctors told him, said, this was one of the easiest surgeries we ever did. They said everything was right there in place. So we didn't have to really do all that much. They said the, the, the thing that we put in there, and I don't even know what it's called. It's some big medical term. And uh, they said the first one we put in, it was just a little bit too large. We took it out and put in a, one just a little bit smaller. It fit perfect. It was perfect. They said we even did five functions to make sure that this was going to work. He said, it worked perfect. We didn't have to do anything. They said, and he says, you will be 100% okay. I talked to him after that. He said, Bill, that prayer we prayed, he said, everything that we prayed happened. I said, see, that's what, that's what it is. When God shows up, something happens. That's the name of my, that's what I entitled my sermon today. When God shows up, something happens. And you know, it does. When God comes on the scene, something happens. And we're going to look at a man here. It's going to be in the book of John, chapter 5. This is a man, we don't have his name, but he had been in this condition for, the Bible says he's been in this condition for 38 years. He was a cripple. He was at the pool of Bethesda. He was laying there. He was waiting to get into that pool. You know, it was kind of rumored that every now and then when an angel would come by and stir the waters and make those waters start bubbling and, and carrying on and everything, the first one to get into that pool would be healed. And that's what he was waiting on. He was doing everything he could to get healed. And... Uh, I'm going to pick up right here because, you know, whether we realize it or not, some of us are not in much better shape than this man. We need the touch of God. We need the touch of God. Not just for a physical healing, but we also need a spiritual healing. We need the Holy Spirit running through us like it's never run through us before. The things that we're encountering in this world today the things we're going through, the things we're having to face. We need that Holy Spirit in us so strong. And you are the only ones that can do that. And that's through faith. Through faith and accepting the Lord Jesus Christ. Now the Holy Spirit comes upon you when you accept the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit fills you. And then there's also another feeling. It's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's not a different spirit or anything else. It's the same spirit, but with just a different purpose. It's a purpose to give you more power to serve God. It gives you more power to fight the enemy. It's just a, the baptism of the Holy Spirit it just gives you more power to work and do things for God. And many of us don't have that. Oh, you've got a Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of you, but you don't have that baptism. You know, Jesus told his disciples in that upper room, he said, don't you go out, don't you do anything until the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And when that baptism of the Holy Spirit came upon those the people in that upper room, oh, man, that room came alive. 
Now, I know a lot of people don't believe speaking in tongues, but you know that's one of the gifts. When they, they began to speak in tongues, and the people in there around said, what is this? I understand everything they're saying. See, there were so many different people in there that the, that the people in the upper room that Jesus anointed and touched, they were, they were talking and speaking in these other people's language. And they understood. If they hadn't been speaking in their language, they never would have understood what was going on in that room. But Jesus gave them the power to speak in other languages so people could understand them. Many people don't believe in that today. I still think it's there because it's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It says when that which is perfect comes and all these gifts will be taken away. Okay? To me, the perfect thing that hadn't come yet is Jesus Christ himself. When he comes back, he will take away a number of the gifts because we're not going to need them. But right now, you need every gift that God will give you. You're fighting an enemy out there. And it's only through the gifts and the Spirit that you can defeat that enemy. You're not, you can't do it in your own power. You can try. But he'll, that, that, that enemy will beat you down so bad because he is so much more powerful than you are. But if you've got that Spirit living in you, that, that enemy out there doesn't stand a chance. God did not give the enemy more power than he did his people. He has given us power that we have to use. If we don't use it, it's useless. I'm gonna, what I'm going to do here, that, that, was just, that was free. That didn't cost you nothing. But what I want to look at here is this one man. Like I said, we don't know his name. We don't know who he is. But there's a reason that Jesus showed up at that pool that day. It says, and I'm just going to start it out here. Uh, this is a story about a man in a very desperate situation. He had been in this situation for like 38 years. He was paralyzed. He couldn't walk. He couldn't move. He couldn't do anything for himself. And on top of that, he didn't have anybody else to help him either. He would labor that pool. I'm getting ahead of myself here, but it, sometimes the Holy Spirit just kind of boots me along. And, but, he said, but this man was laying by the pool. He said that he was among a large number. A large number. It means there were many people there that, uh, that were sick and disabled who would lie next to that pool, and this pool was called Bethesda. And he said, unexpectedly, like I said, what an angel would come by the pool, stir up the waters, and whoever got in the water first would be healed. Now the Bible tells us here in John chapter 5, verse 6, when Jesus saw him lying there, the man, the crippled man, he knew he had been there a long time in that condition. Jesus knew this man had been in this condition. Be this just a little bit later on. <clears throat> and Jesus said unto him, Do you want to be made whole? Or do you want to be healed? You know, as you look at that, uh, you just got a kind of a, a strange question to ask a man laying there. But Jesus had a reason for asking him that question. And it just said uh, that the Bible tells us, you know, that uh, Jesus asked him, do you want to be made whole? You know, like I said, it sounds like kind of a question to ask somebody that, that's crippled, paralyzed, 
been laying by that pool. But Scripture says Jesus saw him lying there. And we have to remember something. There was a bunch of people there. But Jesus saw him. I just wonder how often Jesus looks down from heaven and says, I want to heal that person. Look at that person. They love me. They're serving me. I want to heal them. But yet, he may be asking us the same question. Do you want to be made whole? Some people are perfectly content in the condition they are in today. They're perfectly content. They don't even bother to pray for their healing. They don't bother to ask Jesus for a healing. They're content where they're there. Or why? Many times they got so much help. People doing this for them, doing that for them, that they don't have to do nothing for themselves. Oh, no, I'm fine. I've got so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. They're all helping me. You know, I'd rather do it myself. I don't want to be crippled. I don't want to be lying out there. I don't want to have to depend on somebody. And I've been through some things where I've been bunged up. I've had two knee replacements, this, that, and everything else. But I come through them and the doctor said, you are perfectly all right now. And I was. I, a lot of times I didn't have any problems or nothing. Because I knew who I already was. I knew that God's hand was on me. I knew that God was with me. I knew that God was healing me. But like I said, the scripture said, and Jesus saw him. And, and, and that was in parenthesis. It was, he saw him, that certain person, lying there. And like I said, there was a lot of people that lying there. But not only did Jesus see this man, but he also knew, nobody told him, but he also knew that he'd been in this condition for a long time. And now, like I said, did you notice the question Jesus asked him? Do you want to be made whole or do you want to be healed? Most people say, well, why is he asking him that question? I just got through telling you because some people are perfectly content in the condition that they are in. The way they're living, they're satisfied, they're not asking for any more. Oh, I've got all kinds of people to help me. I don't have to do nothing. And uh, like I said, uh, what Jesus was really asking this man was, do you want to change your life? Or are you content with the way you are now? Are you content with where you are? And some of those men, I guarantee you, some of those men standing around there were saying, Oh, I'm fine. That's all right. I don't need to be healed. I'm doing good. But this man here was a different man. And I, Jesus sensed this. And I think when he looks at us, he says, Do they really want to change? Do they really want to be healed? Do they really want a new life? Jesus looks at this. He said, are, are they content where they're at? And uh, <clears throat> then here in John chapter 5, verse 7, the man answers Jesus. And the man said, Sir, I have no man when the water is stirred to put me in the pool. And while I'm coming, trying to get in, another steps in before me. Another one steps in before me before I can even, even roll over and get into that pool. This man, so actually this man was saying to Jesus, yes, I do want change in my life, but I have no one to help me do it. I think Jesus said to this man, I think that's what he's saying to us now, 
you do now because I'm here. Jesus wants us in health. He wants us to be healed. He wants us serving Him. You know, and some people say, you know, I don't know why I went through what I went through, but I am, I'm, I'm doing just great now. Do you realize sometimes you have to go through a test to have a testimony? To tell somebody what Jesus did for you. There's people in here right now who could give you all kinds of things that Jesus did. And I don't know why they don't. Inspire somebody else. And, hey, let me tell you what Jesus did for me. Let me tell you how Jesus healed me. Let me tell you how Jesus brought me through this. That's what Jesus wants us to do is to glorify him through praising him. Lifting him up. You're not bragging on yourself. You're bragging on Jesus and what he did. Not what you did, but what he did. And uh, Jesus tells this man, when he talks to him, now Jesus is going to tell this man to do three things. And I believe that's what he's telling us to do today. Three things that will change this man's condition and heal him. But this man is going to have to cooperate with Jesus. Some of y'all have heard Jesus speak to you and tell you to do something. You didn't do it. And that's why some of you are still in the condition you're in. You didn't listen to Jesus. You didn't listen to Jesus. And I'm going to show you what we need to do. Jesus tells this man to do three things that will change his condition and heal him. Jesus tells this man to do something that he has not been able to do. The first thing he tells him is he's going to tell this man to do something that he has not been able to do in 38 years. He hasn't been able to do it at all. But Jesus is going to tell him to do it. Now it's up to this man to do what Jesus tells him to do. He could have ruined it right here if he hadn't done what Jesus said. First, Jesus tells him to do what seems impossible. He's, this man could say, Lord, I can't do that. I haven't been able to do this in 38 years. And Jesus said, well, if you'll try, you can now. You can now. And in John 5, uh, 30, excuse me, in John 5, chapter 8, Jesus said unto this man, this is one of the things, the first thing he tells him to do. He says, <coughs> Rise or stand up. Take up your bed and walk. Now can you imagine what went through this man's mind? I haven't never been able to do this. I had not done this in 38 years. I can't do this now. Now if that would have been his attitude, no, he would have still been crippled. He would have still been laying there. This would have been impossible apart from God. He couldn't have done it unless God let him do it. And but just but let's let's talk just a minute. Remember who he's talking to. Remember who showed up. Remember who is asking him these questions. It's Jesus. It's God. And he there is nothing, absolutely nothing impossible for God to do. Maybe someone here today has been trying to bring about a change in their life and nothing's worked. I know for a fact that some in here would like to have a change in their life, but so far you say, well, nothing has worked. That's what this man here was saying too. And, uh, but I want to tell you something. 
God can do in your life what you have been unable to do for yourself. God can do it. But his faith and his trust. Remember that small amount of faith, that the size of a mustard seed? Surely you've got that much faith. That's one of the smallest seeds there is. But do you all realize that the mustard seed grows into one of the largest and the greatest trees there is? The tiniest seed that becomes one of the largest trees when it matures. Sometimes we have to let our faith mature. We have to believe and trust and not doubt. That's the only way we're going to be able to satisfy God is to believe Him, to trust in Him, and not doubt what He says. And <clears throat> But... Uh, you must be willing, first of all, to take a step of faith and trust in God. That's where a whole lot of our problems have been. We hadn't trusted God. We hadn't took that step of faith. Oh, I can't do this. I had never been able to do this for I don't know when. Have you tried? After, God, after praying and things, have you got up? Have you just stood up? You know, I'm going to say something. I had a knee surgery. Knee replacement. And that doctor said, now it's going to take you a while to even walk on this. It's going to take you a while. So before I let you go home, I'm going to bring you a walker. And a man's going to come in here, and he's going to teach you how to use that walker, go up steps, and do all this before I send you out of here. Well, this, this aide come by bringing me a walker. He brought me that walker. I got it. I'd like to kill myself on it. I just come out of surgery, the knee replacement. I took that walker, set it on the side, and just started walking. That guy looked at me. He shook his head. He said, I think you're ready to go home. But see, I had prayed about this. I'd asked God's hand to be in this, for God to touch me. And I had knee replacement, not knee replacement, just knee surgeries. They sent me home on crutches. Have you ever tried to walk on crutches on a, on a carpet? You try to, those tips, those rubber tips, catch that carpet and it'll throw you as far from here to that back wall. I took those crutches, and you can ask Linda, I walked in, I set those crutches down, never picked them up again, and walked. Because I know that God meant for me to walk. Doctors cannot believe how well my knee healed, how well I was doing. I just simply said, it's God. It's God. And this one doctor, his name is Dr. Otero. He just looked at me and said, this had to be God. So when you can give God praise and give God glory and show that your faith and your trust is in God, the healing comes that much faster. And... Uh, Excuse me. I got off my subject there. Uh, and then the second thing Jesus told this man to do, or he asked him to do, is what he asked us all to do. To trust in him and have faith. He said, I know you've been here 38 years. I know you haven't been able to do a lot of different things. But he says, if you'll just believe me and trust in me, your life is going to change today. Your life can change today by faith and trust in God.
What did Jesus ask this man to do this time? He says, Jesus commanded this man to pick up his bed and walk. He didn't say, well, if you can, see if you can pick up your bed. No, he commanded, that means he ordered him, he, com he made a commandment, you do this and you do it now or forget it. And say, pick up his bed. Well, what we don't realize, back then, your bed, you know what that is? It's not, it's, it's not like a bed we have in our house. It is a rolled up little mattress, like made out of straw. He just picked it up, put it under his arm. That was his bed. He said, pick up your bed and walk. Jesus didn't tell this man to leave that bed behind and try to walk. And, he, and Jesus didn't tell him, well, now, if this doesn't work, then he can just come back to his bed again. Be all right. No, that's not what Jesus told him. He commanded him. No, what Jesus was saying to this man is, you are not coming back here anymore. Your old life is over. You have been healed. Jesus was stressing this point. You have been healed. Now get up and walk. You know, if he hadn't got up and walked... He'd probably still been crippled. I mean, he wouldn't be here today, but at that point, he would still been crippled. He wouldn't be able to walk. He wouldn't have been in no better condition than he was before Jesus showed up. And a lot of us are like that. If we don't listen to Jesus, we're not going to be in any better condition than we did before he showed up. But, you know, Jesus is saying, your old life is over, for I have healed you. You know, that's us. If we want to follow Jesus, then we cannot doubt what he can do and what he will do for us. If you can have faith in him, Jesus will work miracles in your life. He will work miracles in your life if you can just believe and not doubt him. And uh, so anyway, the third thing that Jesus said, now, and okay, here's something else we got to do. You've got to expect to be healed. You've got to expect it. All right, Jesus has told me this. I believe him. I expect him to do it. And that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to expect and believe what he has told us. <clears throat> Jesus did just tell this man to see if he could take, just here, just see if he can take a few steps. No, Jesus told him to get up and walk Trust in me. Why do you think this was so important for Jesus to tell this man this? There's a reason Jesus said this. It's because there are people out there today, and I've met them. Because there's people out there today who will say to you, well, I tried going to church and following Christ, but you know, it just didn't work out for me. I guess I'm just not that religious type. I guess I'm just not that religious type. I guess my faith just isn't strong enough. I guess I just didn't feel that Jesus was walking with me. I asked him a question. When you made your commitment to Jesus to follow him, did you keep it? Or did you get back into your old life and start doing your old things over and over again? That young man looked at me. He said, how did you know? I said, because Christianity 
is for everybody if they will accept Jesus Christ. He will put it in your heart. Many people will commit and say, oh, I want to follow Jesus. But the first little thing that comes along, they go the opposite way. Then they say, well, I guess this Christianity and I guess walking with Jesus just isn't for me. No, Christianity is not something that you try on for size. It works for everyone. And if change does not take place in your life, it's simply because you did not do your part. You did not keep your commitment to what you told Jesus. If you will keep your commitment to what you told Jesus, I guarantee you, Jesus will keep his commitment to you. Maybe some of you here today would like to see a change in your life. Maybe you've tried to overcome some particular problem in your life, some habit, but you failed. Probably all of us have got some kind of habit in our life that we'd like to kick. We'd like to get rid of. I had one. And I probably told you about it before. I'm sure I have. I used to smoke. Well, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I'm sure it was the Holy Spirit, said something. Says, you know, I, I thought to myself, you know, I have now accepted Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is living in me. I just don't believe that Holy Spirit wants all that smoke coming in there where he's at. And I prayed. I was driving down the road in my company truck. And it wasn't just a simple prayer. I simply said, Lord Jesus, please take these cigarettes away from me. That was my prayer. That was it. About two days later, I was driving down the road. I was in that truck by myself. There was nobody else. And all of a sudden, and it scared me to death, I heard a voice. I don't know if it was audible. I don't know if it was just in my mind or what, but I heard something. Very simple. It said, do not smoke anymore. I looked over at that passenger side. Where are you? You know, but when I got to where I was going, I was walking into this building, and there sat a dumpster. I reached in my pocket, took cigarettes, lighter, and everything, throwed them in that dumpster. I obeyed the voice that I heard. I knew it was a voice. I, I mean, like I said, I don't know if it was audible, but it was audible to me. From that point on, from that point on, I never wanted a cigarette. I never had a desire for a cigarette. I couldn't stand the smell of a cigarette. You can ask Linda. I was probably one of the worst non-smokers there ever was. But I mean, it was just that. But see, that was something I wanted to do because I felt like that the Bible. Now, don't get me wrong. The Bible does not say. The Bible does not say smoking is a sin. But we know it's not good for us. God wants us healed. Smoking can cause a lot of problems in your health. I wasn't having those problems or anything, but I just felt like, I, I, I just don't feel like the Holy Spirit wants all this smoke coming in there where he's at. I prayed. I heard that voice. And it may have just been in my mind. I don't know where it was, but it sounded audible to me. I can't say it was or it wasn't, but it was very clear. 
obeyed. You know, I think that if I hadn't have obeyed that voice and I hadn't have thrown those cigarettes in there, when I walked by that dumpster, just like I said, get rid of your cigarettes and that lighter. You don't need them. I throw them away. From that point on, nothing. That's been, I don't know, what, 40 years? Whatever. But see, that's what God can do if you really want to do something. I really want to do, but if you don't want to quit, don't even try. Because you won't. You might quit for a few days or a week, but you're going to pick them back up. You're going to start back over. You've got to want to quit. If you don't want to, God says, hey, that's up to you. I'd like for you to. I love you. It's not good for you. But if that's what you want to do, you do it. And then so many people are in the hospitals there with lung cancer and everything else because of cigarettes. So you're taking a chance. You're taking a chance. You know, like I said, maybe somebody here wants to make a change in their life. Maybe you tried to overcome, you know, some particular habit or, or, or problem that you have, but you failed. But now, if you're a child of God, it is not about you trying, because God's there with you. He will deliver you if you really want to get out of a habit, to do something that you don't feel comfortable doing, you know that you shouldn't be doing. It's, it's now about God giving you the strength to do what you need to do. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Oh, that's so easy to say that. I can do all things through the strength. It's not you giving yourself the strength. It's the strength coming from God to do it. And, uh, <clears throat> but anyway, it's not about us doing it anymore. Sometimes we just have to quit making excuses and do what the voice tells you to do. You know, we've all going to make excuses why we don't do something. We can all make excuses. But what we need to do is listen to that voice and do what that voice tells us to do. That's God speaking to you. That's God giving you instructions. And just like we said a while ago in Matthew 19, 26, and I love it, but with God, nothing is impossible. Too many times, we're, oh, I can't do that. On your own, but you probably can't. But I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. He's giving me the strength. I'm not giving myself the strength. I'm relying on the strength of God inside of me to deliver me and to do what needs to be done. It's not me. It's God. And do you know that the very same Jesus who reached out and touched this lame man today will also reach out and touch you just, as, just the same? Jesus said that he is, you know, he's not, he, he's not, he's impartial to us. What he does for one, he will do for another. If you belong to him, and you trust in him, and your faith is in him. He says, what I've done for this man in healing him, I'll do the same thing for you. Jesus loves us equally. He wants us in good health. He wants us to be blessed. And he wants us to give him the glory for it. So that we can help somebody else go through the same situations. I don't know how many people I've told that story about quit smoking. They said, 
I cannot quit. I said, that's because you don't want to quit. And that's really the reason. If you really want to quit, you can. Because God will help you do it. And, uh, you know, this song we sung, On the Cross, you know, the same Jesus who died on that cross for the sins of the world and rose again, he's not dead anymore. He's alive. He's still walking. He's still listening to our prayers. He's still healing. He's still doing everything that he did when he walked this earth. Well, how's he doing that? He's doing it through the Holy Spirit. He's sitting at the right hand of God right now interceding for us. But he still hears our prayers. He's still listening. And through the Holy Spirit, he's still working. He is still changing lives today, just like he changed that, that lame man's life. If you not a, if you got something in your life that you need changed, if you can have the faith, that of just a tiny mustard seed, if you can have the faith, God says, you give me something to work with. I can change you. I can heal you. I can make you a brand new person in God. I can give you power that you didn't even know you had. If there's somebody here today, you need to make a change in your life. Jesus is here to do it. He's here to do it. He's here to hear your prayer. He's here to do what you need to do, have done in your life. But you know, he says, come to me. Come to me. Sit down with me. Talk with me. Let's have a little visit. Tell me what you really want, what you really need, what I can really do that will put us closer together. What, what can I do that will make you trust me even more? And you know he'll do it. He wants you well. He wants you whole. He wants you serving him. He wants you lifting him up. He wants you glorifying him. He wants you to be his child. He wants you to be his child. He loves us that much. He loves us so much that he died for you. And then he rose again because he loves you so much. He says, if I rose again, you also shall rise again. And I shall give you eternal life in heaven. See, he puts it on us. Is this what you want? Is this what you want? If it is, come to me and I'll give it to you. There is nothing that he cannot do or give us that we need in our life. Nothing. He knows everything we need. He said, I know what you need before you ask, but he said, I want you to come to me. I want us to have that little time together for us to visit with each other, to sit down and talk. He's like our Heavenly Father. That's who He is. But He's like, but just like everyone has had earthly fathers that we could go in and sit down and talk to. And that's what God wants. He wants us to talk to Him just like we would our earthly father. But you know, God can do things that our earthly father couldn't. And He wants to do that in your life. I'm going to ask the band if they will to come up. And if you're here today and there's some changes you want to make in your life and you want God to touch you, 
If you've got the faith of a tiny mustard seed, God says, I can work with that. I can heal you. I can make you whole. I can do all kinds of things in your life that you need done. The thing is, do you believe it? Do you believe it? Do you believe what God's Word says? If you don't, if you don't believe God's Word, don't even waste your time. He says, He who doubts, do not thank him. He shall receive anything. You know, God makes it pretty clear that when we come to him, we come to him in faith, believing, trusting, and not doubting. He wants us to be honest with him. Have you ever noticed in reading your Bible how honest God is when he talks? He tells you what you need to hear. <coughs> That's what I'm trying to do today. I'm trying to tell you what you need to hear. Like, like I said, you know, I do not sugarcoat. If you want something sugar-coated, go get you a donut. But I don't. I tell you what God's Word says. I don't tell you what I say. Oh, I've got my opinions, but they also say, God, but yours is right and mine's not. So I go with what God says, because I know He's right. So if you're here today, and you really feel like there's something I need in my life, something I need to change, God says, come to me. I'm still healing today. I'm still changing situations. I'm still doing miracles. Miracles have not ceased. There's, I'm still the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am the Lord your God, and I change not. So if you can trust God and believe in God, God will touch you. So I'll ask the band to play. If you need a prayer, if you need something, or you just want to come down and visit with God at the altar, please do. This is your day to be healed and to get prayer answered.